0: Always, always just wanted to help people feel better and every time I work with somebody every time literally they're like I, I just feel better just being here I feel better being able to talk to you because we all need somebody that we can without judgment just talk to and your friends they have skin in the game they, they have a certain outcome they want even if they're brilliant lovely wonderful people they don't mean it but that's just the way it is
1: I'm Janet Ahmed, host of Hacks and Hobbies podcast and a digital presence advisor at Humblezone. This episode is brought to you by Home Studio Mastery. I launched a consultation and course program to help podcasters and course creators to create a space in their homes that'll reduce the friction of creating content and appearing their best when showing up on camera. The pandemic gave us a lot of issues, but this one is here to stay. We're now so much closer to our audience thanks to video becoming more popular and affordable. I help guide folks who want to create Hollywood-worthy studios to not only capture great content, but also build more confidence, more authority, and be more comfortable in front of the camera. If I can do it, you can too. And with my help, you can do it faster. So if you'd like to learn more, visit HomestudioMastery.com and how you too can create a home studio that brings out your personality, professionalism, and possibilities. Thank you for tuning in to Hacks & Hobbies with your host, Junaid. We're visited by our amazing guests coming from all walks of life, who want to learn their story, their struggles, and their journey on how they got to where they are today. So stick around, Today we get to speak with Julie Turner. She's also the host of Real Talk Podcast. She's been working in the wellness field since the 90s and her unique brand of intuitive coaching is Coaching in Flow. Her passion is to help individuals become the best and most authentic versions of themselves possible, allowing them to be free of the limiting belief systems that have held them back personally and professionally. Get excited about your life, If not now when is a question that she asks a few of the tools she uses are hypnotherapy true awareness counseling where have you been and coaching where are you going numerology and the cards she loves supporting individuals to embrace who they are and let go of who they are not she's also the author of so I was thinking found on her website I cannot wait for you guys to listen to this episode as we dig deep and speak with Julie Turner. Julie, so excited to have you here.
0: I am so excited to be here. Thank you so much.
1: Julie, so we met almost a year and a half ago, maybe, yeah, about a year and a half ago, we were all on the speaker circuit over over with Kevin Pedry?
0: Pedry, yes.
1: And that was so much fun. We we got to talk about our our energies, our, our what we're expertise, what our expertise are, and it was just so much fun. And yes, I was like, was. you know, I've been I've been watching your lives. I've been connecting with you, and I was like, I need to bring Julie on the podcast. And thank you so much for coming on.
0: And here we are. I'm so excited. I'm often excited though.
1: So, Julie, would you mind sharing a little bit of a journey of how you got here and what you do?
0: Ooh, of a journey. That is a very loaded question when you're asking me, as, <laughs> as you well know. Um, so I am a coach. I'm an intuitive coach. So what that means is I have a ton of different modalities and mm-hmm. I use whatever ones make sense. For you at the moment, including, but not limited to, your and my intuition. I started, how long ago? Good gracious. I guess my first jump into health and wellness uh, was as a nutritionist mm. in 07. Quickly wow. learned that it wasn't about food. It was about mental health. And and then I just continued on adding modality after modality, and just building to what I am now.
1: That's so amazing. On the last episode, we talked a lot about nutrition. Did in, you? In fact, we spoke with the queen of nutrition, <laughs> Queen Keisha. And it was a lovely conversation because it's a combination, Like right? She talks about holistic nutrition and and mental health is absolutely on top of all of that.
0: 100%. Uh, I actually teach a course called uh, the things we should have learned in school. And Mm -hmm. it encompasses how we nourish our body, how we move our body, how we rest ie sleep as well. And of course, our mental health and relationships. So these are not things that we learned in school. We were mm-hmm. all taught a kind of a carbon copy. And most of it is, I am i don't know about you, Junaid, but I'm turning 49 in a couple of months. Wow. And uh, the information I got in school was pretty outdated. And unless mm-hmm. we go and seek it from somewhere else, we don't yeah. have it. We have to run on what we learned way back then, which was probably not awesome then.
1: No, not at all. And you're absolutely right. We are taught in school only subjects that will make us a really good wheel in a cog or I'm cog. say
0: compliant little citizen <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my god oh my god all right sweet so you started with nutrition you learned about that it's not just a food it's the mental health that evokes our energy so take us through some of the motivations on on how you came about to learn that
0: well uh i was really really fortunate and i got to work with uh, somebody who was olympic level dietitian at the time wow and which is amazing So not only did I have my clients that I would see from my personal side, which were anything from businessmen to stay-at-home moms, but then I actually got to work with Olympic athletes as well. And Mm. everybody had the same issues around food that they felt. And, you know, maybe I didn't have the the verbiage then, but what it seemed was that the food was in charge. And Mm. now... Many years later, people will say, well, my body was craving and, you know, put in junk food or whatever it is. Bodies don't crave. Mm -hmm. Minds crave. And our minds crave things that remind us of something else. Minds don't crave nourishment for the body. So the best analogy or the analogy I like to use is if you are craving something really think about what it is emotionally that you're lacking at that moment because you will find something probably pretty quickly and it might be mm-hmm. you're lonely or you're sad or you're angry or you're elated like whatever the case may be but yeah. you're going for a food that reminds you of a time that makes sense with that emotion and it's it's so fascinating once yeah, you yeah. get somebody to fully understand that you put them back in charge of themselves essentially which is my whole goal. I'm not here to change who you are. I'm here to help you let go of who you are not. And those oh, behaviors wow. are not who you are.
1: So me craving chocolate chip cookies and brownies <laughs> is not a bad thing is what you're saying.
0: Well, no, it's definitely not a bad thing. So there's a couple things. I actually have already been interviewed today and I was interviewed okay. on adrenal fatigue of all things. Ooh, okay. so so I spoke how when we have adrenal fatigue and just, you know, like a sidestep there, adrenal glands, they sit on top of your kidneys and their job is to secrete hormones. One of the major hormones they secrete is cortisol. If you are under constant stress and you're constantly secreting cortisol, you can get adrenal fatigue. One of the symptoms of adrenal fatigue is actually craving sweets. So there are physical reasons as well as mental, emotional reasons. But here's the interesting thing. Mm. I believe it all comes back to the mental, emotional because Mm. our adrenal glands put out too much cortisol. If we are under chronic stress, Mm -hmm. why would we be under chronic stress? Well, likely because we are emotionally in need of something. So it's just a big old loop take care of yourself emotionally which is not something again that we're taught in school and you won't have these issues you won't have the cravings you won't have adrenal fatigue you won't have all of the other things that come along with it
1: all right so we know that <laughs> excess cortisol or is compensating for the adrenal fatigue
0: so right? it's not compensating
1: to, but it's, it's explained again it's causing it's,
0: Yes. Because cortisol is not the bad guy. It often right, gets right, a bad right. rap. It's the one, you know, cortisol, Oh, causes the belly gain, the, the weight gain around the belly, that kind of thing. Well, yeah. cortisol in its truest, you know, most innocent form is what gets you out of bed in the morning. Mm-hmm. Like you literally open your eyes and then cortisol goes, here you go, get up. And that like, that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. But when we abuse ourselves, when we are under chronic stress, Cortisol is for acute stress, not chronic, but it doesn't know the difference.
1: Okay, so if, and then that causes craving for sweet stuff.
0: When, once you've actually drained your adrenal glands, Mm -hmm. we crave sweet things because sweet things tend to be carbohydrates, of course, Mm -hmm. and carbohydrates are energy for our body. So our Mm. body is not stupid. It's like, give me instant energy, give me sugar, give me the things that are instant energy. Now, that is on on the extreme side. Most people are not suffering from adrenal fatigue per se. Mm -hmm. But here's the analogy I like to draw from from the emotional side. Chocolate chip cookies, you mentioned them, let's go with that.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. When you were five, grandma used to bake chocolate chip cookies and you loved being in grandma's kitchen and having that warm bite of chocolate chip cookie and grandma listened to your story and it was just so lovely. Mm. And now you're in your 40s, and you're kind of lonely, and you really wish somebody would just listen to you because you probably get, li- you listen at work, and then you listen at home, nobody's listening to you. So you're like, I'm just, just gonna have that chocolate chip cookie. Just gonna and have because chocolate- nobody's
1: listening to me.
0: Yeah. For oh eight seconds, God. you get that feeling of being in grandma's kitchen and her listening to you, and it's beautiful. But it lasts eight seconds, and you <laughs> aren't even aware of it you just you know it feels good. gotta have another cookie. Yeah.
1: Mm. Does that, now, now
0: I'm going to do my job here. Does that? Yes, Nobody's please. listening to me sound very familiar. Is that a road that you may or may of have course. walked, uh, may or may not have walked? All Anybody else t- listening?
1: <laughs> I know all the time, right? Do you feel like you're not being listened to?
0: It is. Well, you can always start a living. podcast. Well, I, it's actually how I make a living. Uh, for those of you out there that don't know, um, yeah. most of my clients mm-hmm. are middle-aged, mm-hmm. predominantly men, but not all. Yeah, And they're like, I feel like I'm speaking English. I feel like I'm saying things the way I need to say them, but nobody's listening.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Nobody listens at work. Nobody listens at home. And they just feel like they aren't being heard. They, yeah. you know, Their needs aren't being met. And the, the problem is our society has taught us to be nice, to smile, mm. don't oh my bother God. people, don't Ooh. get in the way, don't, what if you get rejected? Our society has taught us how, again, to be compliant, complacent, go along to get along. And, and that's not a healthy way for a human to live their life. Wow. All
1: right. So I don't even know where to start <laughs> with that because <laughs> that is, that is mind blowing because Okay. So I'm going to pick on one thing. Yes. Okay. We're, not, we're not, we're not listening. We're not listened to, right? Yes. We have a ton of thoughts in our heads. We have lots of dreams. I want to do this. I want to do that. But then we also have a lot of responsibilities.
0: Well, perceived. perceived Most, a lot of our responsibilities mm-hmm. are very, very perceived in the way that we work through them. Let's put it that way. Yeah. So recently I've been working on something and it's not living a bug's life. Mm. So what we do often, especially in North America, but I would argue in, in most countries, we work, we eat, we sleep, we work, we eat, we sleep. Some people throw the gym in there. Some people throw a baseball game in there, but we work, we eat, we sleep. That's a bug's life, people. That's a bug's life. That's what life. bugs
1: do. Oh my God.
0: And it's just, you're living on this constant loop. And that's, that's not what humans were here for. Bugs Mm -hmm. have these tiny little brains and they're here to work, eat, sleep. Humans have these huge brains. And, you know, in, in the past hundreds of years, our brains have actually developed so much. Like we went from having a primal brain to having a brain with a neocortex. Our brains actually can do things that Mm -hmm. they couldn't do back then. And how are you using it? While I'm working, I'm eating, and I'm sleeping. Ooh, brilliant. Wow. So we perceive that that is what we need to do. But that's because we've been so conditioned, so conditioned. And here's the biggest con- conditioner that makes us live on that loop. TV. We uh-huh. listen to TV, we watch TV, and it says, you need the bigger house. You need to go out to this fancy restaurant. You yeah. need more clothes. Mm-hmm. You need whatever it is, need, need, need. Well, what is, if you're going to actually provide that for yourself and for your family, God forbid you have to provide it for other people too. Yeah. And you got to go to work, eat, sleep. But what if you don't need all of those things that are perceived? Yeah. Right. So responsible and and whether you have children or not, Mm -hmm. children have a better life if you show them a better way.
1: That's true. And I do have three kids. 12, 7, and I don't know if we're frozen 3, or not. Sorry, 12, 7, and 4. And they do have a better life because they do what they will to do, and, and we try to conform them and hold them back. It's like, no, you can't have popsicle for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. <laughs> so I was talking about how children have a better life because they can be like, oh, I want to have this for popsicles for breakfast, lunch, and dinner.
0: Do you think that's a better life? I don't know. Of course it's not. It's not
1: a better life because it's not not healthy.
0: Right. And a better life is a healthy life. A better life is one without as much disease and disorder, right? Mm -hmm. If we literally take life back to a much simpler time. And that doesn't mean that we have to give up our iPhones and driving a car and all that kind of stuff. It's not about that. You know, we have modern society. I don't know if you've ever read the book or heard of the book, The Happiness Hypothesis. I have not. It's actually a very interesting book. And it kind of, um, it's been a while since I've read it. And I've read it a couple times. But one of the things in this book, well, the whole book is all about You know, we've got Buddhism on one side where it's want nothing, have nothing, be happy. And, oh, that sounds familiar, doesn't it? Um, And Mm -hmm. then we've got the other side, which is like complete capitalism where you want everything and you're just hungry for the next thing. But somewhere in the middle is a good space. Somewhere in the middle is family time. Because you're really not path, yeah. killing yourself to work, uh, you know the kids are getting educated, but they're not in every activity known to man. Because kids need yeah. time with their families. They need times, yeah. So I don't, and it's so interesting because whenever I do talk about this kind of thing, I'm I'm waiting for people to to give me the negativity as per society. So, yeah. for example, well, if you if you just do, say whatever you feel like saying, well, what if you're rude? Well, mm-hmm. if you actually pay attention to your inner heart, your inner soul, you'll never be rude. Never. That's true. That's your true. truth is not rude. Your ego is rude. Your pain is rude. Are you going off of your values or off of your injuries? Oh, right? wow. So your values are not rude. Your values will never be nasty. So you can actually speak your truth always providing you know what your truth is. That's the tough one.
1: So you do got to work on yourself to find your own truth.
0: You have to let go of all that crap that you've, that you've previously thought you absolutely needed. I love to, to like put the analogy because I, I really, really imagine this on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. You wake up, before you even fully open your eyes and do that stretch, whatever, there is a shelf beside your bed and it's a metaphorical shelf. And on that shelf is all of the labels you believe are so important to survive the day. Some of them are perfectionists. Some of them are, you know, father and Hmm. like all of these labels, whatever labels you slap on yourself, there's probably a hundred of them. And then you get out of bed as the same person you were yesterday. But what if you only grab the labels that you wanted Mm. or you only grab the forward moving labels or you get to choose. I would, I would choose no labels personally, but I'm a little bit of a wing nut. So, but you can choose, but we tend to just do what we've been conditioned to do.
1: And if you do the same thing that you are conditioned to do, guess what's not happening? (laughs) Growth. Exactly. Exactly.
0: sometimes we need to be thrown into some pretty interesting situations to see Mm -hmm. just who we really are. You know, we don't actually know most of our values until somebody steps on one. It's like, wait, wait a minute. I did not like that. I did not realize I wouldn't like it, but I don't.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I totally love that. So we heard a little bit about your journey, your origin story, where you came from, how you started into nutrition, got into mental health, talking or listening to a lot of people and helping them realize what they need to let go because that's really hard to let go right hardest thing to do to let go but what's funny is that our body lets go of dead cells every single day right seven weeks our bodies are brand new so it's talking talk about how um, letting go is so hard,
0: oh, right? Letting go is so hard. And one of the biggest reasons that letting go is hard is because people don't like to be wrong. Mm, people Can don't you like imagine to be wrong. If you lived, whether it was a year or 40 years in one way, and then you came to the awareness that that wasn't the right way, or that you need to change, that makes you wrong. Yeah. It doesn't actually, it, it means make you wrong. But it but wrong. to the, exactly. the mind, it translates to I I was wrong. And it's really hard to admit to being wrong.
1: It is. And but what's funny is that I was saying how our bodies shed dead cells every day. Right. Our bodies are new every seven weeks because every single cell in our body has transformed and grown and, and threw away the old stuff so why isn't it easy for us to let go
0: again conditioning
1: you just said that yeah it's conditioning
0: and and you know we're we are now very very firmly planted into a consumer society right so when it comes to we are just taught that we need to have things and keep things Mm. right and and our mind does not compute that to like oh no you only need to have and keep dresses no it's have and keep have and keep right yeah. like that's that's what it wants to do or or upgrade so of course we don't what our body does naturally without us doing anything well we're okay with that but when we actually have to do the work to release things yeah that is sometimes a little bit more of a challenge and i actually get my clients to practice being wrong like actually practice being wrong and saying, yeah. "Oh, I was wrong about that," because it gets easier and easier when you realize the sky doesn't actually fall when I'm wrong. I, I, I once, I, I, once I thought it would. I thought that the sky yeah. would actually fall, but it doesn't. It didn't fall. Hmm.
1: Wow, Julie, it's been so much fun talking to you. We're learning about the mental health, right? The the mind. The, sorry, I'm. I'm
0: the psyche, feeling, the yeah, emotion. the psyche,
1: the emotions, right? All of these things, and it comes back to our ability to accept change.
0: Yes, and some of us are better at that than others, mm-hmm. and and sometimes it's because we've been, you know, it's change has been um, prevalent in our lives. Other people, maybe it's not. Or maybe they've had so much change in their life and it wasn't good change, so they now perceive that any change is bad change. And that's the thing Mm. is is our, our brains are lovely things and they are meant to protect us, but they don't always know how to protect us. Yeah. I did a video once. This was probably about two years ago, and I called it the lunatic and the logic because our brains, wow, they can tell us a story. They... They have all kinds of stories to keep us safe, to keep us stuck, to keep us running, whatever our personal poison is. Yeah. So stop listening to your own brain. <laughs> it's not as brilliant as you think. Trust me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow. That's that's powerful. So Julie, share with us what keeps you motivated into delving in even deeper. I mean, that's yes, you did mention this is this is what you do for a living. What keeps you motivated to keep coming back to do this?
0: What keeps me motivated? That's a very, very good question. I'm a highly motivated individual in general. But to tell you the truth, I remember being probably younger than five years old. And I would tell my mom that when I grew up, I was going to help people feel better. Mm. and I'm sure she thought I was going to be a nurse or a doctor or something like that. That was never on my radar. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't like any of that. I don't like the medical field whatsoever. Yeah. I'm a little too squeamish for that, but I've always, always just wanted to help people feel better. And every time I work with somebody, every time, literally they're like, I I just feel better just being here. Mm. I feel better being able to talk to you because we all need somebody that we can without judgment. Yeah. Just talk to. And your friends, they have skin in the game. They oh my they God. have a certain outcome they want, even if they're brilliant, lovely, wonderful people. They don't mean it, but that's just mm. the way it is.
1: So 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 true. Cannot deny that. And that's why we can't talk about everything with our friends. Because not everything. Not everything. No.
0: at least not if you want to come to a a resolution that's all about you yeah it actually is all about you because they don't they don't like your change any more than they like their own
1: (laughs) yeah exactly right like why are you changing why are you doing this oh you know let's go back and do that thing yeah it's so much fun
0: You can see them, you can see the small child inside of them because we all have a small child inside of each of us going, No, I'm losing my friend. And they're clawing at you.
1: Mm -hmm. Unless you grow together. And that's the other thing, right? As we go on different journeys, we find different friends along the way. Yes, we do. We make different friends. We find our tribe. and, And for some time, that's great for your growth, and then yes, you might have to part again because yeah, I'm, you're I'm done. That life
0: hardcore right now. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. So, Julie, I, I love your motivation. It's this was so much fun talking to you about the power of the mind, the power of emotion, the power of what we can do with our bodies when we make the right intention. After the break, I'm Jenaed Ahmed, host of Hacks and Hobbies podcast and a digital presence advisor at Humblezone. This episode is brought to you by Home Studio Mastery. I launched a consultation and course program to help podcasters and course creators to create a space in their homes that'll reduce the friction of creating content and appearing their best when showing up on camera. The pandemic gave us a lot of issues, but this one is here to stay. We're now so much closer to our audience thanks to video becoming more popular and affordable. I help guide folks who want to create Hollywood-worthy studios to not only capture great content, but also build more confidence, more authority, and be more comfortable in front of the camera. If I can do it, you can too. And with my help, you can do it faster. So if you'd like to learn more, visit homestudiomastery.com and how you too can create a home studio that brings out your personality, professionalism and possibilities. This we've we've had plenty of breaks, so Julie yes. share three hacks to take away with the audience that they can apply in their lives immediately.
0: Ooh The first one that just jumped into my my mind is spend time in silence. Mm. We we have so much input in our lives. We have TV and even like I love podcasts. I do a podcast as well. But sometimes we just need quiet and our brain really needs that to repair. Second thing is speak your truth. Mm. Often we are in relationships and we're like, ugh. I wish they wouldn't do that. Well, say something gently and in kindness before you blurt it out in anger. That's
1: Interesting. Yeah,
0: Always a good idea. And I don't care what kind of relationship that is. Work, mm-hmm. family, romantic. And the third thing, the third thing is start looking at all the things that you can let go of. When you hear yourself repeat something in your mind like, oh, You know, I I can't do that, or I always do that. Pay attention to whose voice that really is.
1: Yeah. Is it my voice?
0: It's likely not.
1: I love that. Especially love the first one, right? Um, Be in silence. Be in silence, yeah. And the question is a lot of the times we are in silence, but we are still inputting information. By scrolling the screen, by right. being in front of a computer. so
0: In nature, if at all. In possible.
1: nature. Go out in the nature and just be silent. Even if you have to, you know, put up a hammock in the backyard and just hang out there.
0: Yeah, it's perfect. You can have moving meditation. Meditation is a real thing and it is brilliant. Yeah. But yeah, you can yeah. also have moving meditation. And maybe for you, that's swimming or walking or running. Mm-hmm. Even gardening. Yes. Yeah. But spend time on your own, without anybody else's thoughts and words coming in. And it's not, meditation is not about having this blissful, silent moment. Meditation actually, originally was called Zazen, Mm -hmm. to sit. And it was actually for warriors so that they could get used to being uncomfortable. So stuff's going to come in, just welcome it, thank it, and let it go. Just like everything else.
1: I love that. Absolutely love that. That's zazen. All right. Beautiful part about that is, Janaid is actually an Arabic word for warrior.
0: Is it? Yes. Are you just making that up?
1: I am not making up. You can look <laughs> it up. If you if
0: you want to, if you are making that up, which I believe that you're not, I would like you to make up something that my name means. <laughs> <laughs> let's play
1: that game <laughs> absolutely'll I'll, I'll find something I'll, I'll find out
0: work on that perfect
1: we'll I'll work on that <laughs> for you all right this has been a lot of fun I know we can go much much deeper into each aspect of the things that we talked about and I think the the one that I totally love was letting go and the beautiful part there's there's a the few movies that have talked in depth about it for example frozen right she sings Mm -hmm. the song literally let it go and then in the second movie there's a lot there's a lot more letting go on there and then be graceful and accept Mm -hmm. all of that it's it's there's so much that julie we might have to do another episode i don't know
0: i would love that you know we'll we'll go deep
1: and we'll talk about this stuff and um see how we can teach the world to accept themselves a little better.
0: Self-acceptance, that's my goal for you guys and for me. It's a a constant work in progress. I am not preaching, I am learning.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Julie, thank you so much for your time. Before we let you go, we do have some quick questions towards the end of that podcast. All right. What is the one hobby that you wish you got into?
0: So when when I thought about that it was like photography. I don't know where that came from, but photography. I'm horrible at 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 taking pictures and stopping to smell the roses, so to speak. So Yeah. Well, it it
1: totally resonates with what you mentioned earlier mm-hmm. of being with nature. Yeah. So you have to capture that nature you know, with with photography and I love that love that. Uh, Next one. What did you want to be when you were a child?
0: Uh, You know what? I like said right from a very early age that I was going to be a hairstylist. Mm. And uh, that was, that was my great aspiration, you know, plus make people feel better, but hairstyles, And I actually did. I was a hairstylist for many years. I had my own business. Nice. I love that.
1: A stubborn one. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Next one. What is your favorite movie or TV show?
0: So I don't watch TV mm-hmm. or watch movies, but I do have a favorite book, and I I, sh- I had a favorite TV show when I was younger, Coronation yeah. Street. Believe it or not, I make mm-hmm. myself sound ninety years old. Um, <laughs> but my favorite book is The Untethered Soul by Michael mm-hmm. Singer. At this moment, because it switches, like I love so many books, yep. I could yeah. rattle off books all day.
1: Nice. I love that. Uh, since you did use since you didn't pick a movie and you don't watch movies, my next question was what movie would you choose if you got to play a character in it? But we can you see if you have an answer for that or what book would you be a character in?
0: Oh, that's a tough one because I actually don't read fictional books either, so there's not much of a character. I read mm-hmm. a lot of psychological books, and I do not want to be a character in any of those books. <laughs> no way. <laughs> I'm, I'm already kind of a character. Mm-hmm. I do not live my life traditionally. As you pointed out before we got on here, yeah. since I've known you, I've moved four times. Um, <laughs> I am literally, I'm moving. I'm in the process right now. I've got a week and a bit left in this place, and everybody's like, where are you going next? I'm like, East. they're like what do you mean east i'm going east
1: (laughs) well if you go far enough east you will run into me because i'm on the east coast
0: yes i know we'll have to get together
1: absolutely all right (laughs) next one up who is your favorite superhero
0: oh i love superheroes i really love superheroes who's my favorite superhero though That's a, that's a tough one. Hmm. I like all of, like, I love Wolverine, but okay. that's because he's darn sexy. He's <laughs> sexy. did he sexy. <laughs> Not because he's like an amazing superhero, just because he's sexy. And that's really, I've only said that 18 times now. So if you're getting the picture.
1: <laughs> but I think, I think there's a lot to think about it in there, right? Because yeah. he had to accept who he was He had to let go of his past because he could not remember his past. Mm. He heals immediately.
0: But goes through the pain still. Yes, right? He
1: goes through the pain because he's trying to remember who he is. And there's so much depth into him. Right? We've seen he's probably, he's, so Hugh Jackman, His played the longest superhero of any one kind in the history of movies
0: is that true i did for not know 18
1: that. years for 18 years he was wolverine
0: really yes wow yeah no i i think you've just aged me significantly
1: no i have not
0: <laughs> i don't want to play this game anymore janaid <laughs> no no
1: no i i love that i mean i'm I'm, cl- I'm close to your age too so you know we're all age is just a number
0: Yes, it is. Right,
1: awesome. Last question: If you are a board game, what would it be?
0: Is there a board game? Oh, you, what is the one called where you press down the middle and the and the dice jump up? Life. Uh, no, it's um, it's oh, Trouble. Trouble. <laughs> perfect. The name is perfect. And it's like <laughs> yes, yes. That's what like just. Who knows? Julie Turner
1: is trouble.
0: Yeah, that is. uh, I like Twister too, but it's not so much of a board game. No, yeah. But uh, Trouble, that's perfect.
1: That's perfect. Awesome. (laughs) Well, Julie, thank you so much. Where can my audience find you and learn more about you?
0: I love to keep it simple and keep it at julieturner.ca. You can see everything you want from there.
1: Fantastic. Well, Julie, it was a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you so much. We'll see you in the next episode.
0: Thank you so much. Bye.
1: Congratulations, you made it to the end of the episode. Thanks so much for listening to our guest on this episode. Please send me an email at junaid at to tell me what you loved about our guest today. You could find links mentioned in this episode on the hacksandhobbies.com website.